بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين in the name of God the most compassionate the most merciful one of the things that we always need is to be able to evaluate people or even ourselves human beings are very complicated very sophisticated sometimes you know someone for many years but still you are unsure about that person you think that he is a very bad person but all of a sudden you realize that all these years there were some beautiful points in that person that you didn't know or can be opposite Sometimes you think that this person is a very good person. After some years, you realize that no, he was not good. Not only about the people, even about ourselves. We cannot be sure. Sometimes you develop good ideas about yourself, which is most of the time. Or sometimes you develop bad ideas about yourself. You think that you are useless. But it's not the case. You can be very good or you can be very much admiring yourself and then you'll be bad. It's very difficult to be able to have sound and accurate understanding of a person. Even if it is your child, even if it's your friend. It takes lots of efforts and it needs really some kind of insight. Just by listening to someone or you know, having a relation with someone, you may not be able to understand. Because human beings are very sophisticated. There are many different levels of personality. And sometimes people, without wanting to hide things, some aspects of their personality can be hidden. And sometimes people deliberately hide from you. But it's not always hiding. It's just a matter of waiting for some situations to emerge so that those things come up. Sometimes people in normal situations are very good. But when a real test comes, you see that, oh my God, this was like an idol, you know, for example, a pool of water all the dirts were just in the bottom because there was no movement no wave you could only see good things on the surface when something comes you know like a person who is going and mixing all this water then all the dirts come out so this is when there is a tragic event or when a difficult task when there are fights and disagreements, then you see, oh, these dirts come from the bottom of this person's you know, personality to his words, to his behavior. So human beings, normally when the life is quiet, they don't show their reality. 
If you want to know someone, you must know him when he or she is in very difficult situations. And this is why one of the ways to know people is to travel with them. Because when you travel, always unexpected things happen and people cannot be prepared for all these you know, things. So sometimes naturally they behave. And it is only when they naturally behave that you can know their nature. Yeah, because most of the time it's, you know, artificially prepared. They use cosmetics to make, you know, their words and their behavior, you know, look beautiful. So when someone is shocked, when someone is surprised, when things go out of control, especially in Hajj, because always things go out of control. <laughs> In Hajj, I think this is one of the rare conditions that you can never have all the things under control. Even if you have the best, you know, Hajj leaders, there are things which go out of control. So that is the time to see how patient people are, how fair they are. So when people are put into difficult conditions and they are tested very, you know, uh, seriously, there is a chance to know them. It is the case about ourselves. Sometimes for many, many years, you don't realize what problems are there in your heart. You may have heard this famous story that there was a person who used to be all the time present for jama'a, for congregational prayer in the mosque, always in the first row. You know, the first row is for the people who come always early, the people who are also capable of becoming the deputy imam. Because if something happens to imam during the prayer, one of them can stand, uh, you know, one step forward, step make one step forward and lead the jama'ah and this is beautiful that jama'ah would not be void another person can assume the role of imam and continue so this person was always in the first row one day he didn't have uh, you know time to prepare there was some problem so he was late when he was late he entered the mosque and of course the prayer had already started so he had to stand behind then he felt very bad he felt ashamed that what people would say about me this person is two days late he is behind then he was awakened oh my god Maybe all these years I was going early to be in the first row because I was feeling ashamed and embarrassed that people think I am late. I didn't go there for reward. I didn't have pure intention. I just wanted people to think that I am, mashallah, very good mu'min, always in the first row. So sometimes after many years you realize that there was an impure intention and you thought it's pure. On the other side, sometimes you are unsure about your intention and after many years you realize that your intention was good. 
For example, there was a person who was always supporting a family, providing them with financial help, moral support. One day he went to visit them and for some reason they got angry with him and shouted at him and said, you know, you have never, you know, done something good and he left the house while he was humiliated and was not respected. Then his friend saw him and he was very happy. He said, why are you happy today? He said, because there was a family that I always supported them for many years and today they humiliated me. But in my heart, I didn't feel any regret. It means that I didn't do this for them. I did it for the sake of Allah. Because if it was for them, when they don't appreciate, you feel regret. Oh, why I have wasted all this money and all this you know, time and energy with these people. But if you do something for the sake of Allah, whether people appreciate or not, it doesn't make any difference. And indeed, if they don't appreciate and you still want to do it, you realize that your intention is pure. But sometimes it takes years to realize that. So, to be able to evaluate yourself or other people is a very difficult task. You may say, why do we need to evaluate? Let us not be judgmental. Let us leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why should I be evaluating people? Yes, I need to evaluate myself, but why should I evaluate people? And the answer is yes, we have to avoid being judgmental. But to be judgmental is something and to be fool is something else. You know, we shouldn't be fooled when people, you know, show or pretend to be good. Because we need to make friends, we need sometimes to get married or for example you know give our daughter or son to someone we might sometimes we want to have a partnership joint project or at least we want to know who are good people so that we can benefit from them sometimes there are for example scholars who look very good very nice very pious but you have to be clever, you have to be intelligent. You cannot trust anyone who has a mama or, you know, who has studied somewhere or who claims you know, he has, you know, lots of, for example, you know, knowledge or so and so. So we are in need of evaluation. Of course, as I said, we don't want to be judgmental. It's only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to judge. But for our personal Benefit, we need to be evaluative of ourselves or others. Okay, how should we do that? This is the topic of this series of lectures. What are the signs or what are the indicators of piety, of faith, of taqwa and iman? To be a Muslim, is easy but to be a pious person to be a faithful person is easy to claim but very difficult to really be 
and therefore we want to discover what are the indicators, what are the signs that can help us to realize whether someone is pious or not, is faithful or not. I can use it also for myself because a faithful person is always worried about himself or herself. The people who are very much, you know, sure about themselves that they are good, these are the people who have problem. As long as you are in this world, you can never be 100% sure that you have finished the job and you have graduated from the school of purification. The people who are more worried, there is a chance that inshallah they are on the right track. The people who have no worry and they say, Alhamdulillah, I am good. These are the people who have to be very careful. It is said that the angels knew. You know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the angels before creation of Adam that he's going to create Adam and he's going to ask them to prostrate before Adam, right before the creation of Adam. Because Allah says, Anni khaliqun basharan. So before that, he said, I'm going to create. And فَإِذَا سَوَّيْتُ وَنَفَقْتُ فِيهِمْ مَنْ رُوحِ فَقَعُوا So before that, he informed them. So it is said that the angels knew that there is one person who is going to fail. Who is not going to prostrate before Adam. So they were worried. All the angels were worried because they said, maybe I am the one who is not going to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was one person who was not worried at all. And that was Iblis. And you know, he was not an angel. If he wasn't an angel, he had to worry. He was a jinn. But because he had worshipped Allah for 6,000 years, he was able to be with angels and he thought that he is guaranteed to pass the test. So all the angels were worried. Ibris was not worried. These worried angels used to talk among themselves and with, the, with Ibris that we are very worried, you know, if God forbids, if we don't, you know, pass the test, then all the thing is finished. And Iblis used to tell them, don't worry, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> he was so sure about himself that he even didn't worry and said, I'm going to pray for you and you are not going to fail. And he himself was the one who failed. So if in this room there is one person who says, I have no worry and I am going to pass all the tests and I'm going to pray for you. So that is a bliss among us. That is not a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all the time worried. And those who are more pious are more worried. If me and you cry out of the fear of the punishment or anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, maybe throughout the year, I don't know how many minutes we cry. Maybe some of us never, maybe some of us five minutes, maybe some of us few hours throughout the year. 
But Ahlul Bayt cried every night. They cried more than any of us. Because they realized that if they are left to themselves, they would have big problems. One night, the Prophet left the house and his wife was, I don't know, for curiosity or whatever reason, you know, not sure, wanted to follow the Prophet to see where does the Prophet, you know, where is the Prophet going? And when she followed the Prophet, she found the Prophet is praying hard to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and crying. So she asked the Prophet, why are you crying? You are the Prophet of God and Allah says that he has forgiven all your sins. If there is any sin, of course not sin in the sense that we commit in his own standards, it's forgiven, why are you worried? And the Prophet said, Afala akunu abdan shakuran. Shouldn't I be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Should I think that because I am a prophet, so I am a, a special person? No, it's only from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I am the most needy person. It is only when you feel that you are the most needy person that you become the richest person. It's only when you realize that you are in the greatest need for Allah that you become the highest person. So, no one should be sure about himself or herself. Of course, you shouldn't go to the extremes, you know, and become very nervous and, you know, lose your, you know, hope. Because to be hopeless is also bad. You have to find the balance between hope and fear. As we say in dua, Mawlai, إِذَا رَأَيْتُ ذُنُوبِي فَزِعْتُ وَإِذَا رَأَيْتُ كَرَمَكَ تَمَعْتُ My Lord, my Master, when I look at my sins, I want to cry. I want to lament. But when I look at your generosity, I become hopeful. Or we say in another dua, ana ana. Oh Allah, how can I call you? How can I mention, mention your name while I am what I am? When I look at myself, I feel I am not worthy of mentioning your name. But on the other hand, But how can I not call you when I know who you are? How kind you are, how merciful you are, how generous you are. So when I look at you, I become hopeful. When I look at myself, I want to lose my hope. So the result is that I lose my hope in myself, but I have lots of hope in you. We say in Dua Abu Hamza to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Inna lana fika raja'an azima. 
Oh Allah, we have great hope in you. If there is only one thing in this world that I am 100% sure, it is that I have a very kind and merciful and generous Lord. And this is my hope. This is my capital. This is the only thing that I have. So, we should not be hopeless. We should always be hopeful, but at the same time, we must not deceive ourselves. We need to go through very difficult process of evaluation. What, inshallah, I'm going to discuss with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and inshallah, I count on your comments and contribution because I believe it's only when we think together and we put our ideas together that real knowledge and understanding can come, is to see what are the indicators of piety so that if we have them, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and try to protect them. If we don't have them before it gets too late, we sort out the problems. If there are some signs of piety that I don't find in myself after careful examination, so before it becomes too late, I have to start healing myself. Of course, all these things will be known to us when we are going to die, but that's too late. That's the time that you cannot do anything. So we have to realize it soon. According to the Quran, taqwa, sometimes they translate it as God-fearing, or you can say piety, is the highest or at least one of the highest qualities that we can achieve. Nothing below taqwa is sufficient. If your faith, if your Islam or even Iman would not reach the level of taqwa is too short and inshallah i will explain that there is a difference between iman and taqwa taqwa is the bottom line taqwa is the only thing that can provide you with shelter against the pain against the suffering in the hereafter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in many cases in the Quran talks about the merits of taqwa and muttaqin, piety and the pious. Before I mention these, some of these verses about the merits of taqwa, I want to refer to the verses which you are very familiar with. All of you are familiar with these verses at the beginning of Surah Baqarah. Chapter 2, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alif Lam Mim, Dhalik al-Kitab, La Raiba Fi, Hudan lil-Muttaqeen. 
that book in which there is no doubt is guidance for muttaqin for the pious what does it mean it means that it is only the pious who can actually benefit from the guidance of the quran if you are not pious you read the quran you may even memorize the quran you recite the quran beautifully but you are not going to benefit from the quran there are people who recite the quran and the quran curses them there are many people who recite the quran but the quran curses them the quran says you are using me to show off you are using me to gain money you are using me to say you are a good person but the way you behave is against me so it's not a matter of just recitation it's not a matter of memorization it's not a matter of carrying the quran or even printing the quran distributing the quran these are all important but if there is taqwa if there is piety and purity otherwise none of these would work the quran is the book of guidance for the pious who are the pious who are al-muttaqin Allah himself explains the pious people are the people who believe in the hidden they believe in God who cannot be seen they believe in the angels who cannot be seen they believe in the hereafter in hell and heaven which cannot be seen they establish prayer they establish prayer not just they say their prayer the people who establish prayer there is a difference between establishing the prayer and just saying your prayer inshallah we'll explain these things those who believe in what has been revealed to you and what has been revealed before you and they are certain about the hereafter these are the people who are guided and are happy are prosperous so Allah himself is giving a definition of taqwa he says the muttaqin the pious people are those who have these qualities they have iman they have faith in the hidden in what has been revealed they establish prayer they give alms and they are certain about the hereafter so you see that taqwa is something which only comes when you have these qualities you have iman you have righteous deed you have certainty it's only when you have all this that you have taqwa so taqwa is even higher than iman
تقوا is higher than salat higher than zakat taqwa is the fruit of all this if you have all this then the fruit which comes is taqwa and taqwa is the only thing that can help you inshallah what i will do seeking allah's guidance and assistance is we will mention all these factors that lead to taqwa and then we will see how can we assess how can we evaluate these th factors how can i realize i have iman or not how can i realize whether i am establishing prayer or i'm just saying prayer so these are the things that we have inshallah to study but before that I want to finish this session with some verses of the Quran about the merits of taqwa so that you realize that it's only taqwa which is working for us. It is only taqwa which is going to save us, nothing else, nothing lower than taqwa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in some places says in the Quran Truly Allah loves those who have taqwa, the pious people. For example, chapter 3, number 76. Also chapter 9, number 4. Chapter 9, number 7. Who is the one who doesn't want to be loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Sometimes, you know, we, took, we take lots of trouble so that people love us. Look at people, how much they spend money and energy so that people love them. What about Allah loving you? This is the greatest achievement. If you want Allah to love you, try to be pious. In chapter 5, number 27, after referring to the story of Abel and Cain, Habil and Qabil, and how Allah accepted the sacrifice offered by Habil, Abel, and not by Cain, Allah says, the reason is that Allah only accepts from the pious people. If you are not pious, your actions are not accepted. A person may give one pound and it is accepted. A person may give one million pound and it will be rejected. It depends on your intention. It depends on Allah realizing that in your heart, this was the best that you had. To offer. And you know the story of that person in the time of Imam Sadiq who was, uh, you know, respected by some people as a very spiritual person and a very pious person. And Imam Salam one day followed him and he realized that this person went to a shop and stole two fruits. And then to a bakery and you know stole two pieces of bread 
and then went and visited a person and gave all these four to that person. So Imam asked him afterwards, why did you do this? And he thought that he's very clever. So he said to Imam, haven't you read in the Quran that if you bring one good action, Allah will reward you 10 times. And if you do bad action, Allah will punish you only once. So I had four good actions, four in 10 makes 40, minus four means 36. So I did 36 good actions without spending a penny. And Imam salam said, haven't you read in the Quran, Allah only accepts from the pious people. How can you steal money and spend as charity? How can you don't pay your homes and then you spend on charity? So you have to have pious money, pious intention, pure intention, pure money, and then give it for the sake of Allah. In chapter 9, which is Tawbah, number 36 and 123, Allah says, Know that Allah is with the pious. Allah is with the pious. To be with the pious means Allah is their support. Allah is looking after them. Allah is taking care of them. Ma'al muttaqeen. In chapter 16, number 30, Allah says, وَقِيلَ لِلَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْا مَاذَا أَنزَلَ رَبُّكُمْ The people who have taqwa are told, what has your Lord sent down? قَالُوا خَيْرًا They said, our Lord has sent good. لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُوا فِي هَذِهِ الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَلَدَارُ الْآخِرَةِ خَيْرٌ وَلَنِعْمَ دَارُ الْمُتَّقِينَ Those who do good actions in this world they would have good and in the hereafter they would have good and it's very good the place which Allah has made for the pious people the place that they are going to live is very good and that is heaven Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in chapter 44 number 51 Truly the pious are in a very safe place, very safe and secure, peaceful place, and that is heaven. Because Allah says, In gardens and next to rivers. In chapter 45, number 19, Allah says, Allah is the guardian of the pious. Chapter 51, number 15. The pious are in gardens and rivers. Chapter 52, number 17. They are in gardens and they enjoy and would have pleasure. Chapter 54, number 54. 
They are in garden of heaven and next to rivers. Inna al-muttaqina fi zilalin wa'uyun, chapter 71, number 41. The pious are provided with shadow. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides them with shadow so that they don't suffer from the heat. Wa'uyun and springs or fountains. In several places, Allah says, وَالْعَاقِبَةُ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ The good end is for the pious. Everyone other than the pious would have bad end. It's only the pious who would have good end in their life. Chapter 7, number 128. Chapter 11, number 49. Chapter 28, number 83. In all these verses, Allah says, وَالْعَاقِبَةُ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ So, if you want heaven, if you want pleasure of Allah, if you want to have good end, if you want Allah to be your guardian, if you want Allah to be with you, if you want your actions to be accepted, there is only one thing, and that is taqwa. If you achieve taqwa, you have everything. If you lack taqwa, you have nothing. Without taqwa, anything that you have would be counted against you. Imagine if I have great knowledge, but I don't have taqwa. My knowledge would be used against me. Because Allah on the Day of Judgment would tell me, you had so much knowledge, but you didn't have taqwa. So now I am going to punish you much more than the people who didn't have that knowledge. There is hadith which says, يُغْفَرُ لِلْجَاهِلِ سَبْعُونَ ذَنْبًا قَبْلًا يُغْفَرُ لِلْعَالِمِ ذَنْبٌ وَاحِدٌ Seventy sins of a person who has no knowledge would be forgiven before one sin of an alim be forgiven. If you have a good brain, if you are very intelligent, but you are not pious, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would expect from you much more than a person who doesn't have that much intelligence. If you have good memory, if you have good voice, if you have good look, if you come from a good family, if you have lots of money, anything that you have, if you don't have taqwa, it just increases your responsibility. You will be blamed more. And if you have taqwa, and next to that, you have all these things. So it will help you. It will raise your position, inshallah, if you use them for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So taqwa is the major factor in our happiness. And inshallah, what we want to realize is how to re you know, investigate taqwa, how to make sure that we have taqwa, and how to realize how much we have made progress in achieving taqwa. Because taqwa is something which is not black and white. It's not zero and one. There are different levels of taqwa. You can have very little taqwa. You can have, you know, strong taqwa. So you have to evaluate yourself. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provide us with taqwa, with wisdom, with understanding, with his love and love for his people. May Allah inshallah forgive our sins and enable us not to commit any sin. 
And may Allah, inshallah, include us and our children and our friends always among his true and genuine believers. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.